listening to the Past the Forecast podcast from Wayne 15. Hey there, I'm Adam Salarzik. And I'm Joe Struess. And we are meteorologists at Wayne 15 in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And this is the Past the Forecast podcast. And we are hand sanitized up. We've been washing our hands. And you have something you wanted to vent about real quick. Yeah. Okay, (laughs) so obviously there's a lot of things going on medically in the world right now. Maybe if you've been on social media for five seconds or watched TV for five minutes, you know there there is a very serious virus spreading across the world. My allergies are not a very serious <laughs> virus. To my, you, they might be. My my seasonal allergies. But, but, what a moment I had at my local grocery store this past week. <laughs> can you explain to me, we'll get to weather in just a minute, but can you explain to me why I can get my standard allergy pill that I take every day, that I've taken every day since for like the last 10 years. I've been buying the name brand version of it. Yes. In this case, you get 70 of those pills. My local grocery store two days ago, $35 for 70 (laughs) of them. I looked right next to it. I got 140. So double. For $10. That's quite a significant price difference there, Joe. (laughs) Why have I been buying the name brand if the generic store brand is the same exact pill, same exact ingredients, active ingredients on the back, same everything? The packaging has the same exact everything on it. You've just discovered something glorious then. You've discovered that you can buy the generic brand. Oh, and it works great. You, your two allergies been low now. I'm, I'm thrilled. So you know what? Name brand. Goodbye. He has converted over to the generic. I hope your allergies remain low on this generic. Oh, they will. This new this ten dollar pill. That's what I'm talking medication. about. That's what I'm talking about. Ten dollars, one hundred and forty pills. Are you kidding me? That's a good deal. Let's go. Let's talk All about right. weather. So let's jump into the thing that everybody's been talking about, uh, coronavirus, and we're going to see how it relates to the weather in our Tracking the Topics segment. Tracking the Topics. Yes, and I hope that uh, my rant there about my allergy (laughs) medicine, that is not to say that the coronavirus is not important or anything like that. The coronavirus, very scary thing going on right now as it has started in China and has now made its way here. But there's a couple interesting aspects of the coronavirus in regards to weather. And we want to preface this whole discussion that we're about to have as meteorologists that we are not doctors in meteorology or in the medical sense as well. So everything we're saying and observing has come through what we've read and what we've seen on media outlets and from CDC, uh, Centers for Disease Control, uh, information that they've put out and any other kind of uh, journals that we've read on this topic. And it's interesting, something that I actually recently started to notice is the latitudes at which it is at its highest right now. So it started over in China, had made its way across off towards Europe, Italy, and now has made the jump over towards the U.S. 
and all of us are kind of in the same mid-latitudes. And so it's very interesting that it's following that path, haven't seen too much in terms of cases in the southern hemisphere at this time, uh, but most of it has been in the northern hemisphere. Yeah, we're recording this on March 11th, so the second week of March, and we just looked at the COVID-19 map this morning. You're right, the southern hemisphere not seeing as much. Now, a question that may come to our mind as a geographical major, ultimately, we've gone into meteorology, but ultimately it's a geographical science, Weather is opposite in hemispheres. So in the northern hemisphere, China, Europe, North America, we're going through the winter season, now transitioning to spring. Down in the southern hemisphere, Australia, South America, Africa, they've been in summer the past few months. They are now going to be going into their fall season. So the question is, and sometimes we see this, at least from my understanding, it seems like flu and cold and things like that. They're still around in our summer months, but maybe are less, uh, just at least in my experience. So one of the big questions is, when we make that transition to summer, will we see less coronavirus? I'm not the one to answer that question, but you have some quotes here from someone who is qualified to answer that question. Yeah, so Dr. Gregory Gray uh, uh, spoke with CBS News, and he is with Duke's University Global Health Institute Division of Infectious Diseases, and he says that the summer months may lead to a small decrease in the spread of the virus, but it likely won't stop the spread. And he goes on to say that routinely seen coronaviruses often wane during the summer months, just like the flu does as they have more buildings with air circulation they tend to congregate less in terms of how many people are in a space and people are more likely to be outside during the summer which is exposure to uv light from the sun which can in turn kill viruses so all of this to say that it could decrease and will likely see a decrease in cases but it's still going to be spreading around, most likely, because from what I understand, most of the population is susceptible to this certain strain. Yeah, and what's interesting about it is the Southern Hemisphere doesn't have a lot of cases at this point. We could see the Southern Hemisphere increase with cases in the coming months, but is that weather, or is that just because it's Not made its way there? You know what I mean? So it's, it down there, it's a yeah. tough question to answer. I, I do hope that the weather kind of plays a role and like you said maybe the heat of summer can have some impact on it again not for me to answer but i do hope that we see obviously a downtick in this i mean it's getting extreme and uh got to think about those who are impacted with it and hope that uh, everyone pulls through yep just continue to wash your hands practice safe hygiene and those are the biggest tips that we can offer because those are the things that are constantly repeated to us in the media every time we ask these health professionals what can people do those are the same things that they repeat now as far as weather with the coronavirus we're making that transition here in north america from winter to spring and in not too long we'll be talking more summer-like feel you have a lot of outdoor events coming now we're seeing Large gatherings, indoor sports, indoor events getting canceled because of the threat of this coronavirus. We're going to have better weather. A lot more outdoor events come in the summer. So the interesting thing for me is what happens? What happens in Fort Wayne this summer? Will we see our festivals impacted? Even if the coronavirus is not as extreme as it perhaps it could be, it still may be around. 
will there be impacts to how Greek Fest is run, how the Three Rivers Festival festivals run, Rib Fest, name any of them throughout the summer. Something I was thinking about, will we see impacts to outdoor events, Tin Caps games? It could be interesting to see, it, it not could be, it will be interesting to see how people just generally react in terms of, oh, I'm going to go at this time instead of when it may be most popular to go. So they may change, they might not stop going to these events or avoid these events. They might change the time at which they go because they'll try and limit how many people are there, but they still want to enjoy the atmosphere. Or some people, many people, in fact, may just be like, I'm just going to go have a good time outdoors, not going to change my lifestyle too much. Will I wash my hands a little bit more often? Will I use hand sanitizer on a more regular basis? Maybe. But for most people, it probably won't have a major impact on their plans. But you bring up a good point with all the summer festivities that we have. We're a big festival town, so it will be interesting to see the thought process as we get into those months. Hopefully the cases go down and it won't be as much of a concern for those. Yeah, we can't we can't answer the coronavirus stuff, the specifics. Again, we're not doctors, but Adam, I think you can probably promise at least some nice weather this summer, right? I would hope so. It's been a pretty nice spring so far. Yeah. We have had mild temperatures. We'll talk about the nice weekend we had here coming up in a little bit. But it would have been a nice weekend to go out and enjoy some sporting events if we had any really going on outdoors. But sporting events have also been impacted by the coronavirus. Yeah, one I was thinking about while we were just talking about the large gatherings, you've heard the Olympics thrown around. Yeah. So on a global scale, the Olympics are set to be in Tokyo at the end of the summer. Now, if the summer warmth has an impact on the coronavirus, maybe that's good news for the Olympics. Again, I can't answer that question. But they have qualifying events right. starting soon. Right. So you've got, how is this going to impact the Olympics? I think that's perhaps one of the most in, intriguing things. Yes, we've talked about March Madness. We've talked about, uh, outside of the podcast, we talked about some other sporting events that are discussing how they may handle the coronavirus. But from a weather perspective, if the weather is going to help see less coronavirus, if in theory that may have some sort of impact, again, I don't know if it will, but it sounds like from what we heard here, there's at least the chance. How will that impact one of the biggest coming togethers of nations for an athletic event like the Olympics this summer? I, You know, I really hope that Obviously, we want to do what's best for people. At the same time, I do also enjoy the Olympics. So it's a thing where how is this going to get managed? Yeah, it's something that's being looked at constantly by all these different uh, sports organizations. I know the four major sports in the U.S. have limited media availability from the locker room. No media in the locker room or a press conference setting. Uh, which is going to have an impact on maybe how much interaction we hear from players and what their thoughts are, at least on that one-on-one -on -one basis. I know the SAP Center in Santa Clara, California, or County, California, has uh, banned gatherings of 1,000 people, and the SAP Center is where the San Jose Sharks play their hockey. They don't have a game until sometime next week, but they have to figure out what they're going to be doing because I think they have three games in that period that the county has said don't gather with more than a thousand people so it's going to be interesting to see i think this is kind of the test basis for how the olympics or larger events will be handled is how we're going to handle 
March Madness, which is a major event here in the U.S., where thousands and thousands of people are going to be watching all of these games across the country over the next couple of weeks here. Are they going to be having fans in the stands? I already know the Ivy League canceled their tournament, and we'll see the impacts here over the next couple of weeks with people's decisions, and I think that will help to play in to what the Olympics may be doing. But again, it all relates on the timing of everything and where we're at in terms of cases, if it's getting worse, if it's getting better, if it's still widespread across the area. Because by the time we get to that point, as we just talked about the Northern Hemisphere and the Southern Hemisphere, you could make the argument that it will start to venture further off to the south at some point. I think it'll be interesting um, as a Chicagoan growing up, one of the biggest gatherings we have in the summer is Lollapalooza. And Lollapalooza has seen everything throughout the years from some security issues at times. Obviously, the security there is big time now. But you've also seen severe weather play a huge impact in Lollapalooza. There's been times I remember seeing video of people just soaked there. But when with some of the worst weather that came through Chicago, some severe thunderstorms, they've had to find a way to evacuate people out there. The National Weather Service, I believe, typically has some forecasters on location for Lollapalooza now out of Chicago uh, because they need, they want that local presence. So you have this kind of disaster mitigation in place, but what happens when it's a virus going around? It's just a completely different thought. We see a lot of this with the weather. One of our one of the things we've learned a lot about through schooling and stuff is disaster preparedness, whether it be thunderstorms or a blizzard or even mudslides, earthquakes, a lot of things we've talked about because some people from our field end up going emergency management, Department of Homeland Security, where they are the people who are responsible for responding to things like this. But something like a virus just rapidly spreading across the globe, I'm very interested to see how this is going to play out. And I think it'll be very interesting not only on a local level, but obviously a national level too where this summer we have global. we have yeah we have we have global events I, I don't know it's one thing that's got me kind of baffled well let's move on to some more interesting things in our what the hail what the hail yeah what the hail what the hail is up <laughs> with pizza in fort wayne this is going to be joe's uh i don't know what to call this joe's they're not ramblings. They're 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 thoughts on pizza. He's a he's a big pizza connoisseur. Uh, it, it's kind of a mini pizza review for Fort Wayne and Joe's thoughts. These are Joe's thoughts. These do not reflect my thoughts on the pizza in Fort Wayne. Okay, so and we'll keep this pretty brief. But <laughs> one thing that after living in Fort Wayne for over a year, I live in the southwestern sector of the city. We've got a lot of chains out there. You've got your Pizza Hut, your Papa John's, we've got a Marco's, we've got a Domino's. We've got some hometown establishments too. But I just can't find my taste of Chicago. But you do have uh, a Chicago-style place right down the street. We have a place down the street. We will not name them who says they have Chicago-style pizza, but I would beg to differ. 
when I order a Chicago-style pizza, I expect to have cheese on the crust with sauce on top. That's a Chicago deep dish. And for the record, I don't need deep dish. I don't need you're deep not, dish. And you're not necessarily a huge deep dish fan. I'm not. I'm not. So that's why this becomes controversial because I don't need the deep dish pizza. I just want good pizza. What's your ideal kind of pizza that you have struggled to find here in Fort Wayne? Okay, so I want a slice that I can hold in my hand, and there's enough room for my fingers to hold the crust in place without the cheese sliding off. My pizza is something I like to be done a little bit more than other pizzas. I like to have it done. I don't want an abundance of cheese, and I want a good proportion of sauce mixed in. I need to be able to hold that slice in my I, hand. You may have mentioned it thin or like regular you know hand, to- like hand tossed. It can pan- be either one. It can be either one as long as I am holding that slice in my hand and the cheese and sauce are not falling off. So you don't like a super greasy pizza? No, I don't like a super greasy pizza and I'm not a big fan of establishments that decide to add loads of cheese on top either. One layer of cheese. Let's get it cooked. Let's You're get it done. You're about this. I'm very, I just want a good pizza. If I can fold it, New York style, even better. I have not had as much of a controversial experience here as you have. I don't think my, my pizza palate is as refined as yours. Or That's fair. Maybe as picky as yours. Oh, that's also fair. That's also fair. <laughs> but I should preface this with no offense to Fort Wayne establishments. It's just my own... Preference. I, I am a fan of a nice hand-tossed pizza. Uh, has a little bit of a crisp on the crust. I, I like hand-tossed and thin crust. And I'll go for usually just pepperoni and sausage. And if you get the old-style pepperonis that curl up as you cook them, get a little crispy around the edge, a little pool of grease on the inside, that's where I like to reside. I'll play that, but the cheese has to be done. It has to be done. Sometimes you get a pepperoni where you get those pepperonis to do that, but the cheese is uh, liquidy, soft. No, let's cook this thing. So you want it to be nice, uh, nice crispy brown cheese. Not all over. That's a little bit burnt. Yeah, but it's you not want quite it burnt, but definitely done. We have a coworker here at Wayne 15 who I uh, we made a frozen pizza with. Oh, my goodness. The the cheese wasn't even melted on it was so (laughs) underdone and that's how this person likes it i mean mushy nasty no no absolutely not and i feel like a lot of times with some of the larger corporations sometimes you you run into pizzas like that now sometimes uh, and that's not knocking any of the corporations sometimes i'll go to domino's and have a great pizza don't get me wrong domino's domino's holds it together but i just you know i just i'm striving for a a Friday night pie that I can get week in and week out. I won't get tired of. It doesn't make me sick. We've had several discussions on opening up a pizza joint just for you, Joe. I would love it. I would love it. Here's the problem, though. I have no experience cooking pizza, so <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> so all of this, and you just sit <laughs> I don't and have like, the. I've never really cooked a pizza. <laughs> I don't have the answer on how to make great pizza. I just want great pizza. Now, I will say this. Living on the southwest sector of town... There's some places in downtown Fort Wayne that I think kill it. I just can't go downtown all the time and drive 20 minutes to get a pizza. 
So you don't just want good pizza, you want good pizza close to you. Correct. Well, you don't have to. I'm laying in bed all day, I'm watching Netflix on my off day, and I just want a spectacular, strucific pie. Slice. Slice. You should have said slice. Alliteration would have been Alliteration beautiful. Alliteration would have been nice there. Okay, next topic. Let's go. <laughs> All right. This is something that is interesting and I think is really cool. That Larry Walker was a Hall of Fame baseball player for the Colorado Rockies. This Sunday, he's changing sports. He's going to be the emergency backup goaltender for the Colorado Avalanche against the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, if you've been following hockey at all over the last little bit here, you remember David Ayers suited up against the team that he actually works for as a Zamboni driver, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and he suited up for the Carolina Hurricanes against them, and he beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. It was a great sports story. Now we're going to start to see the potential, at least, for Larry Walker to completely suit up and take the ice. Now, he has some hockey experience. He play, He's from Canada, so that automatically makes him good enough to potentially be a backup goalie. But there's only been two emergency backup goaltender situations since 2015. So it's not very likely because both players, both goalies, have to get hurt for... Uh, either team he's just sitting in the building waiting to fill in for either team just in case that scenario happens it's interesting i like it i think it adds a interesting dynamic to the game the game of of professional hockey is so different than some other major sports as well um obviously they now have three on three overtime you've got the shootout still and then you've got sudden death overtime and in the playoffs it's there's just some different quirks there that are amazing and I think this is another cool thing. I enjoy seeing the videos of it. I think it's cool that an everyday guy who maybe just plays in his men's league can get pulled out and can appear in an NHL game, even sitting on the bench taking warm-ups. I mean, that's surreal for that person, and uh, it's, it's a, a good cool experience. Way to, cool way to create a little memory there. It's a lifetime experience right there. It's once in a lifetime. So we'll see what happens with that. But it's a very unique situation. So if you're watching any NHL on Sunday and you see two goalies for the same team get hurt in that Vegas and Colorado Avalanche game, you may see a baseball player taking the ice. That's pretty cool. Which would be very cool. All right, we had a good weekend in terms of our hits and misses, for the most part. We'll take a look at those. Hits and misses. So we've been struggling sometimes with the uh, warm air advection coming into the area that has been the source of some of our misses recently. A warm air advection reminder is strong winds coming in from the southwest, bringing in that warmer air and helping temperatures climb at a rapid pace. We were pretty on the money this weekend. We had a little bit cooler temperatures overall on Saturday, but we were still within a couple degrees. And then Sunday came along and we were on the point. Yeah, it came in Saturday morning and said, you know what? There's warm air advection coming in. Let's not be afraid. Let's not be afraid. I saw the signals there. and Because um, we had been afraid in the past. We have. You and I have talked about it where it's like, well, it might happen. It might not. And the past couple of weeks, we've seen a similar trend Saturday into Sunday. And so I just did it. And I will say this. 
I talked to Nicholas, our chief. He was in Saturday morning for our big 10-year anniversary on the weekend morning show. Great time there. Side note, if you saw it, it was a blast to do. Had a lot of fun. Nicholas and I did first weather together. If you didn't, you can probably go on Wayne.com and see some of the clips from it. Yeah, it was a blast. Yes, Wayne.com, you can even see, you can hear from some old employees on there. Okay, back to this. Anyway, (laughs) so Nicholas and I talked after the show about it, and it it was close because... Nicholas and I were talking about some of the data, and nothing really said that we should be hitting 60 degrees on Sunday. Everything was coming in cooler. All the models were in the mid to upper 50s. Mid to upper 50s, and I think I came in, Nicholas had the forecast at 59, and I don't know. It it really, it was one of those things where you could go up, or you could even have justified going down per what we were seeing on some of the number output. So Nicholas and I talked a lot about it a little bit after the show, and I went with 60, and I decided to hold 60. And I don't know. I have to be honest. When I came in Sunday morning, I got scared. <laughs> I got very scared because even as the stuff on Saturday wasn't showing necessarily 60, the stuff on Sunday still wasn't showing. Really 60. was not showing 60. In fact, I think the highest number that came out was 58 from some of our weather data. And I said, oh, no, Sierra Tufts was sitting next to me at my desk, at her desk. We sit, we have Our desks are next to each other in the newsroom. And I said, Sierra, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to do here. I mean, I was scared. I was scared. That's why I said at the beginning, do not be afraid, right? Well, I was afraid. I said, uh-oh, I might need to take it down. I didn't. I stuck with it. Fortunately, we hit it. Yeah, we hit it. We were within a degree or two when it was all said and done. But everything else including competition and other resources, we were the warmest out of all of them, and it ended up paying off. But it didn't pay off on Monday. No. no when Monday, Adam and I decided to stick with our temperature forecast of 58 degrees. Because we saw rain coming in, that was going to be the key when the rain came in, and also the cloud cover we were anticipating to lock in early on Monday, we were still anticipating having winds coming in from the southwest. Still going to be breezy on our Monday, but we figured the lack of sun would lead to a, uh, a struggle in terms of getting our high temperatures back into the 60s once again. Turns out we saw some sun to start the day, and then some peaks of sun in the early afternoon put us over the top. Our forecast, as you said, was 58 we got up into the mid to even some upper 60s and some isolated spots for our Monday afternoon. It was incredible. I was sitting at home, Monday's my Saturday, and Adam texts me and goes, uh-oh. <laughs> and I looked outside and said, why is there this much sun right now? And, uh, well, you know what? It worked out. You know what? I don't think anybody's complaining. Monday turned out to be better than it was supposed to be. We got the rain Monday night into yesterday morning. Yesterday was just kind of a gloomy day. Today, it's very gloomy. So, you know what? We did all right. Uh-oh is becoming a, a, a catchphrase here. <laughs> yeah, it is because it's like we'll hit one thing, we'll hit one thing, and then we'll Just go back stop. and go, oh, no. Yeah, but, hey, it wasn't too bad, too bad of a miss in the grand scheme of things. No, no, and we were pretty right on with the rain, so I'm happy about that. All right, we'll move on to the viewer questions and listener questions. It's the past the forecast inbox. Today's question comes from Vicky. She asks, "Do you guys follow the Farmers Almanac at all?" Joe? No. 
Do we even look at the farmer's? Oh, I do look at the farmer's almanac just to see because I know people like Vicky are going to come up and ask us about said farmer's almanac. That way I'm prepared for said questions. But we do not really look at it. We look at we do look at climate data. This is mainly especially for whenever we get towards the winter seasons uh, that people read the farmer's almanac, read its predictions. Oh, we're going to have a blustery, cold, blizzard-like winter where we have tons of snow. We look at the climate set data. Uh, We do our winter outlook, which is almost like our kind of farmer's almanac, where we go back and we try and find similar years that have certain temperature requirements and certain temperature levels, and we compare those to past years and we've been pretty close uh, recently in terms of uh, what we have for temperatures in those predictions. This year, the temperature prediction was off because we stayed warm for so long, but our precipitation from that research paid off. Farmer's Almanac said for this past winter, Indiana, northern Indiana, southern Michigan, northwest Ohio, even out west through <laughs> Chicagoland and Wisconsin, It has two words for our region to describe what the winter was supposed to be per the Farmer's Almanac. Frozen and snowy. We were 10.1 inches below average for snow, (coughs) which is the 34th least snowy winter on average. And what were our temperatures like, Joe? Above average. It was the ninth warmest. Above average. well above average in fact wasn't the number technically above freezing it i believe it was 32.2 degrees was the average temperature both highs and lows which technically puts us above freezing yes. 32.2 is warmer than 32 i wasn't disagreeing with point you zero. <laughs> so incorrect farmer's almanac and it's not the first time it's happened that's why we back our forecasts up with science and historical data Farmer's Almanac's fun to read. I always look at it and say, okay, cool, but do we use it and look at it for anything for our forecast? No. To try and break down the forecast into two words, frozen and snowy, is very difficult. Well, and as you saw, incorrect. Yes. It's winter in the Great Lakes. I'm sure you're going to have some frozen and snowy days. Of course. But it's always, you know, at the same time, it is fun to look at. I just would say... Do we follow it for any sort of work we do here? No, absolutely not. Now, we do take a look at it. As I said, mainly for me, my purposes are to look at it, see what it's saying, and kind of prepare for the questions and comments that are bound to happen in grocery store conversations and things like that. Because you can go back. You can look and see what's actually happening and say, well, it said it was going to do this, but it's not. And besides, regardless of what we say for our official winter outlook, we still look at this data month to month. If you watch Wayne 15 regularly, Adam and I will do a, a recap after, usually after a lot of months of the year or a seasonal recap. But Especially if it's noteworthy. Right. But most definitely during the winter months, November, December, January, February, March, just kind of extending out the winter season. We will go back and look at things. We get to March, we'll look at the transition from February to March, how that happened, and then how we transitioned in the spring season. So we look at a lot of things. We won't just look at one week. Or we won't look at one little two-word phrase that says frozen and snowy. We're going to look at a lot across the board. 
and that's customary for many locations uh, that will sit there and forecast for long periods. That's why we use a lot of the Climate Prediction Center tools, and you'll sometimes see the 8- to 14-day outlooks that we show, which are right now showing mild temperatures for the end of March. Fort Wayne, I want to apologize a little bit. Your pizza's <laughs> not that bad. I went to Ball State University. Fort Wayne, your pizza is better than Muncie. Well, that's good. I'm it's glad we could, we could clear that up a little bit. No, I just, I really just am looking for a great pizza. Just a great pizza. That's all I want. I think the pizza is, is good here in several spots. I don't think you've been to some of the better spots yet. I think I have. You've, from I think what I, I know, I think you've been to probably mm, two of the best. But here's the thing. I ask people, where is the best pizza? And they tell me these locations, so I go to them. And if those are the best, if that's the best of what you have, if that is the regarded as the best places, it's still not as good as where I am from. All right. Well, you can send in your yes, pizza please suggestions. Se- please send in your pizza suggestions. I'd love to try them out. Podcast at Wayne.com. P-A-S-T? Yes, past. T-H-E. The forecast. Forecast at, at Wayne.com. We'll be there. Please send in your questions. We want to answer them. Yes, we do. And we'll see you next time as we try and be... 38%. Right about the weather this week. See you next time. This has been Past the Forecast Podcast from Wayne 15.